<clears throat> All right, here we are, episode 38 of Review the News. Uh, we have a, a very special guest coming all the way from the Great White North. Uh, I don't know if you're allowed can't to say call that. it. You I can't don't, say yeah, that anymore. I was going to say probably. That's really offensive. Actually, I just want to let you know. The Great. No, we don't say Great. North. Oh, no, we don't say it... North. We don't say North either. We don't use Cardinal Direction anymore because that is don't... also racist. We certainly do not say white. <laughs> Wherever he's coming from is is nice. The better <laughs> pale direction. Um, and so the NHL, in which case you can call it the Scotia Bank North Division of the NHL. He's coming from the SPF 100. Just to make it commercialized. Thank you. I go by Royal Bank only. So again, I find that offensive. Just to Toronto like, Dominion or get the is get really the... triggering me. So we have our our guest from the uh, the northern hemisphere. No. <laughs> Thought I told you, uh, Canada, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. The we Dominion. We do um, not use Dominion anymore. That's even more offensive. <laughs> the former colony known as Canada. Um, I can go with that. Okay. Uh, so we have a special guest here and, uh, we'll just, I guess we'll just get right into it. So, um, what, uh, let me, uh, 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 happy Memorial day. Oh yes. Happy, happy Memorial day. It's all those have served Gary, you in particular. Well, Memorial day is not for those who've served Memorial day is for those, those who served who, and died. Right. Who, who've divided, who've died. Yes. I think it's for everyone that served. We're far we're more than We just have Remembrance Day. You know, it's like a yes. So we, I, I get Veterans Day. Those who have died get Memorial Day, and I'm sure. And you say the free market down there is more efficient. <laughs> we have one day for it all. Yeah. Well, I, there, there isn't an. That efficient... being said, Happy Memorial Day to everyone who's that died is that is the British tradition that a, that efficiency. Um, stiff but, up something. Yeah, I'm glad all the soldiers who stormed Normandy were very happy. Now that all the embassies are flying children. the pride flag and the Black Lives Matter banner. Oh, um, children! That, the children that we sent. Gary. I mean, Gary. Now you have me calling you Jerry. I'm so angry. Go on, continue. So Canadian. Uh, all the 18 year old children of mothers and fathers that we sent to fucking die on a beach somewhere. Far, far away. Is For this really what you generation to? <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, um, that being said, well, let's let's uh, while we got to connect, you're going to get me to the point that I'm so angry. I'm going to be like, let's let's suck a fucking dick for a veteran. <laughs> Whoa, let's wow. uh, a couple minutes in. Yeah, I, I will definitely <laughs> have to put explicit on this episode. I'm Canadian. We're explicit by nature. Right. That's not necessarily true. Anyway, so um, just just for I guess the first things first, one of the things that's been really big down here in the news and we can tie this into the larger. I know we'll get into the COVID stuff here um, as we do kind of weekly as we touch on what the happenings of COVID. Um, we saw uh, the video of that Polish pastor uh, getting pulled out of his church. Um, in Canada? Yeah, in Canada for not, um, I, I guess, following tr Trudeau's 
No, um, it's not Trudeau. It was actually a provincial health order. Okay. So Ontario. yeah. So take us. So take us through that. So what what is the federal health order, and then how? What are the pr- provinces? What's the? Uh, are you locked down currently? What's the masking? What's what's going on in Canada? So I get it, it's much like you're a Republican. You like states, right? We have every province has its own health orders. There is no national health order in Canada. There can't be. It's against the law. So what in in the current province you're in, what is the what is the order? There was a health order against that church. I know it personally because I see them all the time. They're actually they banged my fucking new Subaru with a a sign because I wouldn't honk for them at City Hall. Uh what you want to know? Well, what, what Subaru? The, of course, you own a Subaru. Yeah, it's a lesbian car. You know, secret lesbian. <laughs> I don't think we can say that either. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't. I don't know what words we're allowed to say. Do you, can Can you beep things out? Yeah, I'll, I'll beep. Th- I'll, I'll bleep that out later. <laughs> Dyke mobile. <laughs> so. So, so what was the question? You're going to make poor Todd. Poor Todd gets nervous. Yeah, look, you thought you were the liberal here. <laughs> See how liberal I am? Okay, so what was the question? In Alberta right now, this is actually a conservative government who made these laws, and they don't uh, they make no fucking sense to That's me. That's Kenny, right? Yeah, Jason Kenny. So here is an example of how stupid the laws are. If you're going to a church service... You're allowed to have 15 people in the church, max, unless it's a funeral. If you're having a funeral, you're allowed 10. God knows where those five goes. And then outside gatherings, you're allowed a max of five. So to me, you know, your grandma dies. I would say, don't fucking go out and bury her. You have a good church service because if you call it a funeral, you lose five and you go out to bury, you lose another five. Yeah, so this is what this guy was caught up in. Although he is a he's a fucking idiot. This Paul Zlowski, whatever the fuck his name is. He's he he's a, a fucking idiot. Gary, you'd hate him. So I'm, I'm sorry. Pardon me. These those are the rules right now. Uh, as of today is Wednesday. They changed today. I couldn't even tell you what the new restrictions are today. They're are so bizarre. So you guys are a lot stricter than we are now well and that was- yeah i know because we so alberta again it's not canada it's province like it's mm-hmm. like state by state province by province alberta got really hit with a wave from that indian variant yeah because we have a huge indian and pakistani community in alberta and people were coming you know to and mm-hmm. to and fro and yeah so we had to lock down can you say fro? I don't know if you can say it. Fro. Fro. <laughs> I didn't realize. Yeah, I didn't realize. I knew the Indian variant was big. I didn't know so, it was, uh, in the so, UK. I didn't realize it was big in Canada. Have, no, Indian, like, have Indians been able to travel back and forth to Canada? Because I thought there was still a lockdown. with. No, um, there's a lockdown from India and Pakistan. I think Pakistan may have been lifted. India has not. And the, you know, I know the United States. I think that was the only thing everyone in Canada agreed on. I thought I saw recently it was like eighty percent of Canadians agreed to keep U.S. borders shut. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Well, I can tell you that everything. the thing is, though, in Alberta, so our response, I mean, I'm not a conservative and the the premier, it's like your governor. So Premier Jason Kenney, which would be like, you know, a, a Republican governor. I mean, he has a don't quote me on this. He has a really hard time because he's united the right under the United Conservative Party. So it used to be the progressive conservatives, which would be like your moderate Republicans, and then the wild rose, which would be like your Tea Party Republicans. And he united them into one party. And there's a lot of friction internally in terms of what to do with COVID. Because I'm sure the it's wild the, I'm sure the wild rose people are like no, no, it it's I mean, they're the silly, they're, they're the fucking lunatics that COVID doesn't exist and la la. I mean, obviously it exists. I don't think we need to go into what well, we call it lockdown in Alberta. It's never been a lockdown. I've been able to go to Walmart every don't quote that either. My union would kill me. I could go to Walmart, Costco, you know, Starbucks. Now and then Starbucks would be like, you can't sit in here. You have to sit outside, but here's your drink and we'll serve you, which also doesn't make any fucking sense. But then again, why can I go to a Costco where there's a thousand fucking people, but I couldn't go to church? I'm, I'm an atheist. I'm just asking this hypothetical. Amen. And by the way, this is something I've actually had trouble with is why am I allowed to stand in line with a thousand fucking people lining up into Costco, but if my grandma died, which she might, I, you know, I could, I could only have 10 people in the church and five people burying her. It makes no fucking sense. Well, Todd, Todd, tell us why. It, uh, yeah, it really does not make any sense. The church of Costco. Yeah. That's what it is. But see, I'm, I'm, I'm into hockey. So quite frankly, these hockey games up in Canada, they've had almost no fans. They had a Montreal-Toronto series with a Game 7 in Toronto in front of 500 um, healthcare workers. And yeah. even that created a stir up there because they, they weren't sure they wanted to do that. So, And uh, the healthcare workers were like 10 feet apart and the rest was filled with exactly. cardboard. Ah. <laughs> exactly. In the United States... The Put that in the podcast, Gary. I need you to describe this. Ah. <laughs> Yeah, in the United States, we have full crowds for the hockey playoffs, basically, and it's uh, fun. So, there you go. Yeah, and we thought, <coughs> excuse me, see, Amer uh, Canadian healthcare at its best. I smoke 37,000 cigarettes a day. <coughs> we were very, very arrogant. We looked at you down there, and we're like, look at what they're doing. Fucking Americans. Ha, ha, ha. And then we thought, oh, we can open this up. And we shouldn't have. We should not have. For instance, when variant numbers are going up, 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 the last thing we should do is open up bars and casinos. It just doesn't make any sense. Like, why would we allow a thousand people into a bar? Well, or a casino, let's say, but still hold the restriction on churches. It doesn't make any sense. And so we fucked this up. To the point that three weeks ago, Alberta was the highest per capita in like North America for weeks and weeks and weeks. I'm sure you saw it down there. The New York Times ran it. 
Alberta is the hot spot. And it, it was actually kind of scary. I mean, I live, well, my in-laws live with me and I mean, they're old. Can they hear you? They can't speak a word okay. of fucking English. He's right there. Look, I saw him gardening over there. Yeah. See, watering. Wouldn't it be awful if you died of COVID-19? Yes, it would be terrible. So what's your view of the uh, vaccine up there? Uh, I think in Canada, it's a it's a it's a different narrative than is in the States. There's <laughs> this vaccine hesitancy. We don't have it just. It's more, oh, we're waiting, we're waiting and waiting because we haven't bought enough. But no, there's vaccine hesitancy. That's not really a thing. And I know I was actually talking to my buddy, Gary, you know, Mike, he's in, well, he's in Montreal right now, but from Windsor. And his parents are doing the best because there's no vaccine in Windsor, but he, his parents are running across the border to Detroit to try to get it. What, so with, so I guess right now Canada's issue is they just don't have as as much uh, access to the doses. Is that what the Canadian issue is? I think so. Uh, we're getting more every week. I think we got twenty two million this week. No, two point two million. Sorry. Is that the Moderna? No, Moderna. The Moderna is just kind of dying on the shelves. No one wants it up here. <laughs> Really? Why? I don't know. Yeah, my mom got one. Wants Pfizer, so. Hmm. So my mother got Moderna. She's all right. No yeah, side as long effects. As you don't get AstraZeneca. Don't say that online either. Good lord. So, so I guess then, as you're waiting for shots of the Pfizer vaccine, I guess oh, no, everyone. I got my shot. You've had both doses of the Pfizer? No, only one. So basically what they're, what they're doing was the original strategy uh, in the U.S., which was trying to get everybody at least one shot. Yes. They in said... The UK too, right? Yeah. I mean, the government of Canada, the Trudeau government would never admit it, but yes, that's exactly what they're doing, is following the U.K. and U.S. guidelines instead of, what did they call it before? Unique Canada approach. Something stupid like that. Don't you have to wait like eight weeks for your second shot? It's a lot longer than the U.S. I've heard. Eight weeks, I wish. I think it's about three months. Wow. I'm not eligible for my second shot until June 28th. And I got mine three weeks ago. So do the math. So I have a couple of quick little COVID quips. Since we're sure. talking about it, if you guys don't mind. Yeah. So um, we we had a, a a crappy, for lack of a better way to say it, in disrespect, we had a crappy Memorial Day weekend because first of all, it was torrential rain all for three days, and uh, we were all, me, my wife and my son were all very sick, and um, so um, Kathleen not, takes the not with Corona. Kathleen takes the baby to the. Um, it's just we get a call that um, 
he's running a fever at the daycare and we have to come get him. That's not a COVID thing. That's just, you know, policy. You got to, if the kid has a fever, you got to come get him. She takes him right to the doctor. The doctor tells him, tells her without even looking at him, he doesn't have COVID. Uh, but they do all these tests on him. And the doctor basically says, um, you know, all, all of a sudden, all these things that uh, we haven't seen in a year and a half are all of a sudden popping up. And sure enough, he tested positive for like three viruses, COVID negative. A few days later, Kathleen has 102 fever. I can barely breathe. I have this awful, awful sinus infection. I'm blowing my nose. I still don't feel right. Blowing my nose every minute. Kathleen has 100. She's taking Motrin and Tylenol simultaneously, and she still can't break 102 degrees. She finally goes to the doctor, and again, without even taking her temperature, he goes, you don't have COVID. Um, he basically reiterated what the pediatrician said. So they go have all these, all, these, all these things that we haven't seen in so long are now here. And they say that kind of looking at you like, believe it, but they have a smirk on their face. Now, I'm not making that up. I, I swear to God, how I feel, how I felt for the past week, I would have been told it was COVID. I would have had to notify whoever I, I was around. I would have had a quarantine for two weeks. I would be telling everybody, oh, yeah, I had it. It was bad. I think it's, I think that's I'm not saying that the that it isn't a real thing. Well, I, I, I don't any, any kind of disease or virus or whatever. Well, I, I think, you know, and this this kind of ties in now. It's interesting. I think this ties into the whole. Well, we just had the recent email dump. So we've gotten all of Fauci's emails now. Yeah, you're going to go hard right on. You're going to go all the way to the right on me now, Gary. Why is that? Yeah, Gary. Go ahead. I was yeah. actually going to bring up a point to support your argument until, you know, you went all crazy. <laughs> well, what I was going to what I was going to say is to tie into what you were saying, Neil, is the fact that um, that they that there was a uh, that we had defeated flu. Uh, we had no idea what, you know, we had we had gotten rid of all these other, quote unquote, you like you said, viruses, noroviruses, right, which are, you know, technically people pick up noroviruses all the time. Um, and what I was just going to say is, is this kind of ties in, I think, with all the flack that Fauci now is starting to get um, based on um uh, what is being revealed in his emails and the fact that when he was grilled by Rand Paul about the NIH's role in... I would. I just want to note that I hardly think Rand Paul is a public health expert. He's a doctor. I mean, he's a, a doctor. doctor. He, he, a doctor. Can he, can, he can question another doctor. Well, that's the problem. So, Chris, the problem down here is, is that they've told us to believe only a certain group of experts because they say one thing and not another group of experts. And They've there's done the same up here. What do you think's happening in Canada? Well, I just think it's very distasteful in terms of having a dialogue. I'd want if I was, you know, when you go to uh, when you go to a regular doctor, forget about COVID and you feel like you have something. What's the thing you're always told to do? Go get a second opinion. Right. And so what they did was the I don't media... know. I've seen my family doctor for like six years. I've never asked for a second opinion. I trust him. Well, that's fine. Well, wait till you get like a horrible diagnosis. You're going to want a fucking second opinion. So the, the, the point. Okay. Anyhow. So the point is, is that the media had controlled and prevented people from even talking about other options. Now, I agree. I think you said it before we started. 
the or no, maybe when you were talking about Wild Rose, this idea that it doesn't exist and, and those things, obviously we can say no. That's that's not true. Something exists. Something exists. COVID. Yeah, but then where do you draw the line, Gary? Well, I think you draw the line. I think you allow doctors and scientists that have competing ideas of what what constitutes COVID, where COVID came from, all those things. I think you allow that to flesh out and it's messy. And this idea that people are nitwits and you need to control them instead of just giving everyone the optional information of what is what is transpiring. I said my beef and I've said these in previous shows. I don't know if you've listened to them. You should. Yes, Um, I have. For Christ's sake, you pushed them enough on me. (laughs) But I've said on previous shows that um, my my biggest beef is they should have just told us in the like, hey, Hey, we don't know, but we're working towards getting this result or, Hey, we're not really sure, but instead of just kind no, of like, I actually, I agree with you on that. I, I think, I think, I think the entire COVID debacle has been mismanaged by every government on the face of this earth. I agree. And I, and I don't, and I, and, and being a Trump fan there, I have a lot to, there's a lot to be asked for. You're the way, all the way Trump handled it as well. Ugh. No, I, I, I mean, looking back at what Trump did, I'm not a fan of Trump, obviously, but I mean, he did what he could. He didn't know. How was right. he and, supposed to know? Right. And, and that's, given the knowledge he had, I would say he did a good job. Right. I think more of my, I think more of my beef with And Trump. don't quote me on that again. <laughs> Jesus You're Christ. On tape. You're on tape. <laughs> um, I'm going to get fucking fired here, you know? Um, but I, I think my, my only people will give you a job. Yeah. Go to, okay, but go to Mar-a-Lago. This, this as well. I think Trudeau made some... Trudeau fucked up a lot. I voted for him once. I'll never vote for him again. But no, Trudeau fucked up a lot. But the thing is, Trudeau, Trump... We can't blame these individuals for, for a once-in-a-lifetime pandemic that no one knows how to deal with. It came out of the blue Mm, looking into where it actually came from i i'll keep my mouth shut on that but you know it came from wuhan china and (laughs) you know it spread over the no one knows how to deal with that sort sort of shit and trump hang on hang on i can can i let me trudeau you can't blame him i mean people did the best they could whether it was perfect or not, in retrospect, let me. I mean, we're 15 months into it. Let me finish my point, Neil. Then you, then you go, please. No, I'm I think sorry. You'll probably sorry. Probably sorry. Probably. I'll put my hand up next in turn. No, don't, don't. No, don't do that. Um, no, my my only point was the only beef, snap? the only beef I have right, with Trump was the, the pushing of the the vaccines, right? Where where we still don't know enough about the mRNA stuff. Um, that was my only thing. That was this. This is. I disagree with you on that. Well, of course, because we've already gone I'm through saying, that. You, 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 you fell for the fear porn. I no, I, that I just, the only, thing, only way you can solve this is with the vaccine. I don't disagree. Right? I disagree a hundred percent. You have herd immunity. That, that the oh, problem was is not enough people for herd immunity. Good. You have, we have three hundred and thirty million Americans. Todd, you and I can talk sense after this. Gary, go, go ahead, Neil. Why is that sense? 
I would love to hear this. So, so here's the deal. Because do you, honestly, the same believe, thing no, do you like, honestly believe, do you honestly believe that you could have a disease, a deadly disease that'll kill your relatives and you could have no symptoms? You think it's just this miracle fucking disease? Yes, of course. Dude, that's ridiculous to me. That's, that's to me. Time has proven that that's fucking ridiculous. Like there's, that's, there's no, it's not this crazy, perfect disease. That's only going to kill people that were going to die anyway. You know what I mean? It's, 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 I, there's, there's so I don't believe a lot of the testing. I don't, I don't believe that I could have it and never know and give it to my dad and he'll die. I don't believe it. There's, and there's no reason I should fucking believe it other than the fucking pot. And, and if it's not political, then how come at least in, down here in America, the, the death rates and the infection rates are drastically different in red and blue States. Why, how is that even possible? If, if it's not political, like why, why didn't we all get together? Why didn't us Canada, why didn't the whole fucking world, why didn't humani- humanity battle this fucking horrible disease? Yeah, no, I'll that, agree with you on that, that. We should have all got together. Well, why didn't we? Cause it was all about fucking people of power, getting more in power and getting their adversaries out. That's what it was about. And I think that's been clear. I don't think I'm a, a, a conspiracy theorist for saying that it's been a year and a half. That's what's happened. You know, and you can't tell me that again, you can't tell me that I could be perfectly healthy and kill my grandmother because I didn't wear but a you, mask. Fuck you, you can. Yeah, you man. can. All right. All right. I guess you could tell me that then, but I don't believe. I, I think I think when you when you look at, at at the whole the whole thing across the spectrum here, I I, I think it's layered in the sense of. Yeah, one, there was there wasn't enough information in the beginning, although you would make the argument that it's in the SARS family. And we do know about the original, the, the, we do know about the original SARS one, which was in 2007. But I, I just think that the, the, the reason why they pushed the vaccines was again, um, I, I think that Trump was looking for an honest solution, right? So he got on, on with the, um, with the pharmaceutical companies and tried to push it because no, he, Gary, because he, he wanted to be realistic. Let me, he let me finish my point. Like... Let me finish my point real quick. So I think, I think that was kind of part of Trump's strategy, which in a, in a way is, is noble, right? Cause he was trying to figure out solutions for everyone to get over this hump. Right. And of course he was pushing cause he knew at least down here in the United States, it would affect the election, which it absolutely did. And then I to, to kind of tie into what Neil was saying and that. But I also think that the the mRNA vaccines with the spike proteins, because we don't necessarily know exactly how those are going to function long term, could yes, be. Yes, we do. No, we do not. We have we do been not mRNA vaccines for diseases. Nope. Then why did it take true. a year for it to come out? How come they weren't just why didn't they have it in the freezer somewhere? How come it took me a year? How come there was all these people lining up to be test subjects if, if they already had the technology? Who's the test subject? Are you kidding me? They had hundreds of thousands of test subjects. If you took an mRNA shot, you're a test subject yeah. right now. Then you're I get test- some tests. All over the radio all last winter. Oh, this many thousands of people are, are taking it here and this many thousand are taking that. And now we know. And then months later, now we know it's safe. And then they started pumping it out. Absolutely. People that they say now that they've had this technology, why they take so long. Then? And then, but then on the other side, but they get their best of both. Like they get their cake years. and eat it too, because then they brag about how quick it came out. We've had right. this forever, but we developed it immediately. Like what the fuck? So anyway, go ahead, Todd, you've been waiting patiently. I know you want to get a couple points in. 
Well, I, I would say about the vaccine, Trump really, Operation Warp Speed helped get us vaccines. And I, I believe him if this wouldn't have happened, if he didn't push it, it would have been four or five years with the, our FDA in the States. It I takes mean, years to get the vaccine. The world leader head. wouldn't have pushed it. Every world leader seeking publicity would have pushed it. And I'm not year. sure Biden or the leader of France or the leader of England or the leader of Canada, anyone who had this technology would have pushed it. Well, I'm not sure Biden would in the States because he wants these. The, if it was an election year. Not I'm interrupting you now. If it was an election year, he absolutely would have. Yeah, I agree with Neil. I agree with that. Yes, I agree with and that. I thought, and you, Todd, you know how many times I've sat here and said, I might even agree that this that. happened in election year. I agree. I agree. Now, and I did last week or a couple of weeks ago that if this had happened this year in 2021, a non US election year, that we may have had a slower process. I think, I, I think, I think, I agree. I would agree with that. Yeah, I, I definitely think because it was 2020, it was pushed for good or for bad. But, uh, you know, I, that my problem is down here in the States, Trump is not given any credit for helping eradicate the virus at all. No, and he's not up here in Canada either or the rest no. of the world. And actually, I think he, he does deserve some, well, a lot of credit for that with his Operation Warp Speed, with all he did. But he did a lot. I am yeah. liberal. I'm not... I don't... I'm. Most of what Trump stands for, I just, you know, detest. However, you need to give credit where credit is due. And if you don't, then you're a hypocrite. And no, Trump did a lot. I think in relation to even shutting down the country and restricting travel, I, I, I think early on, even before all the... Um, Which he should have done, and he did. Right. Well, you know, Dr. Fauci did not want to shut and travel down. Are we back to we hate Fauci? Well, I think it. Well, it's important in the, in the U.S. because he was put on a pedestal, and I think Todd and Neil would agree. Whether whatever your beliefs are about Tony Fauci is, is that he was put on a pedestal. And so because he has been and also has helped thrust himself into the spotlight by by going on to every late night talk show and and not and not like believe me throughout the first pitch last year. Yeah, I mean, like th this guy milked the entire thing. And I'm not talking about him going on a show. Yes, as I know very well. I, I mean, we have American television in Canada. I see it. Well, all of our colonies do, and Canada, being our biggest colony, would absolutely have all Not of our culture. <laughs> so we know we know that. There, can, poor Canadians haven't had a culture since uh, World War II, Darn. Uh, and we apologize for that. Darn! And as a radical feminist, I'd like to call you a cunt, and you can <laughs> that out later. Darn, um. Benedict Arnold. He should have captured Canada, Quebec. We want to capture Canada. So and our our version of Fauci is Dr. Teresa Tam. She's actually out of Hong Kong, and it's a different. Th 
if I saw her on like, I don't know, David Let. Oh, there's no David Letterman. I'm so old. <laughs> David Letterman. Fuck oh. off. If I saw her on like, a, I would, I would be so shocked because she wouldn't degrade the office like that to go on like a, a Sunday afternoon talk show. She just wouldn't. Right. Well, and that's not even it. It's just, her job is not to gain publicity and make, you know, waves for herself. Her job is to say, I am, I'm the head of health in Canada. This is what I have to say. If the government disagrees with me, well, they can. And that's so, it. it's very independent. Well, that you know, it's funny you say that, that the that people in the government in Canada are allowed to uh, disagree with Dr. Tam. You were you were certainly dismissive of Rand Paul um, and, and, and his criticisms of Dr. Fauci. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Anyhow, continue. But but I, I won't I, be so dismissive of Rand Paul in the future. Well, he's regardless of whether you think he's got the credentials as a doctor to criticize another doctor. He at least is a senator representing a state of the union that is clearly concerned with the the constant changing in policies from 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 Dr. Fauci. And I just think the emails now just kind of talking because it's in the news. It's topical. And and you, you could say the same exact word for word thing about Bernie Sanders. Well, Bernie Sanders is absolutely allowed to criticize. I'm not saying that he isn't. But he's not a doctor. You're muted, Neil. He's not a doctor. We're talking about doctors, yeah. So I don't. Anyhow, I I don't know. I'm no, 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 <clears throat> no, I, no. I'm just I'm just saying. Listen, you can. I mean, you, please. And we've you've obviously made it ev- evidently clear that you disagree with Rand Paul's politics, and that's fine from a political p- perspective. But I I think the problem was is that. What everyone what everyone's beef was with Fauci is that he's basically now starting to get caught in these lies. He's lying to the Senate. He's lying in these congressional testimonials. And people are pissed because in the United States, at least now, Canada may be completely different, but people are pissed because people feel like they lost the whole year. A lot of people lost a lot of small businesses here based on what Anthony Fauci was saying. And the fact that Anthony Fauci now even is is coming with you muttered under your breath, which, again, we all seem to be kind of in alignment here uh, with this starting in the Wuhan lab. And now we're finding out slowly the uh, and you would appreciate this. He was a very liberal uh, New York Times writer, uh, uh, Nicholas. Um, um, oh, geez, we brought his article up uh, the other week. Oh, uh, no, I'm not. I'm not dismissing that. The entire coronavirus may very well have come from the Chinese CDC in Wuhan. Right. And and, and I'm just saying that the, the no, um, I'm, I'm not dismissing that at all. Right. And uh, but, but my point is, is that we're starting to find out here, at least down in the States, that um, Dr. Fauci and the NIH may have possibly had a role when they were in, in funding um, the, the Wuhan lo- uh, lab. Now, I sent an article earlier. I I don't think I sent it to you, but I sent it to Neil and Todd. I don't know if you guys got a chance to look at it, but David Cole uh, wrote an uh, an article. um, He writes for Taki magazine, and his argument is that um, that actually, no, the Wuhan lab theory is just buying into Chinese communist propaganda and that the actual virus really did come from a wet market and that there's a serious issue in China 
because the wet art markets are so unsanitary. Well, that, I mean, they are, but that's another issue. Right. And, and that's kind of where I was leaning. I was like, I don't think, but, but he, I guess his fear in that article. Maybe yeah, Maybe it's not another issue. Maybe it is the issue. Maybe right? it is the issue, but in his article, he's saying that the, that, um, he was he's highly critical of people who are pushing the lab theory now because he thinks that that's falling into the Chinese Communist Party's propaganda trap. Because I think I think uh, six months ago, the Chinese Communist Party was basically saying the U.S. military developed it and yeah, brought it to China it in 2019. Well, you know, I mean, you know, Iris. Right. Uh, full disclosure, Gary and I are very good friends. His wife and my wife are also very good friends. My wife's from Hong Kong. She hates with a passion the Communist Party of China. She hates mainland China. Her parents hate it. Well, you know how it is. It makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, no, so they've said, no, it, well, they've said, I mean, they're kind of in both camps because they said, the people in the mainland are filthy and disgusting and God only knows what diseases they're, you know, brewing in their disgusting markets, followed by the Chinese government's also evil and they could have just brewed this up on their own and released it to the world. Yeah. So there's no trust either way. Yeah. No. I, well, I, I think, and, and, and Chris, if, if I may, and just yeah. in conversations that we've had before, um, with Iris, I mean that 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 comes across very plainly, right? I, uh, the distrust, and I mean it's 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 oh, no, easy, they, it's easy for us to talk about it because it's something that is like a foreign policy thing. But for someone like Iris, whose family has actually had to live with the repercussions of the decisions of that government, it comes across very, you well, know, very instance, sincere. Here's a good example: she lost her citizenship this year. Oh, they just took it. Yeah, there's no Hong Kong citizenship anymore. The government. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, she, she's no longer. She's a citizen of nowhere. Wow. That's yeah. Crazy. So I guess I mean we're in Calgary. We're gonna have to go to Vancouver so she can become a citizen of uh, of Britain and then of Canada. It's all insane. That is crazy. Like her parents both became Canadian citizens. Here's a question. Why didn't she? Do you know what her job was for 10 years? <laughs> she was an immigration Administering lawyer. the fucking citizenship test. Oh, the irony. Mm. Well, I, you know, the thing was, is that Hong Kong British passport, though, she could travel probably of course, any, anywhere on the planet. Yes, is British National Overseas Passport, which yeah, I mean, now those, no longer exists. Yeah, those things were. Um... Yeah, it was better than Canadian. That's why she kept it. She's probably like, well, less restrictions. I have a Canadian passport. I have a B&O. I can go anywhere I want. She could even go to Israel. We can't. You can't go to Israel with a Canadian passport? Don't no. go now. <laughs> yeah, don't go now. Well, no one in the right mind would go now. But no, no. Uh, that's not true. We're allowed, I think, into Haifa. There's two ports we're allowed into, Haifa and... Anyhow, we're getting really off topic. 
and I'm getting really drunk. <laughs> it's wonderful. Gary, do you want to, I have a couple things to say about this. Or are you ready to switch? You ready to uh, power? Yeah, put, yeah, go ahead. No, now I'm that Chris for, is warmed up, he's on I'm bottle two. To power, I'm ready for you to power. Shit. Bottled who? The uh, liquid courage, baby. The mm-hmm. um, what was the thing you sent us earlier tonight? What was what was that crazy craziness about? about oh, the, Trump, they, uh, making yeah, America goalless again. Yeah, they, the David Cole. That was where I was referring that he what what his feelings on the. But go ahead, go ahead, Neil. I'm sorry. No, I'm, I'm asking you about to to explain this article in your own words. Oh, I, I, well, no, I, I thought it was interesting really for the fact he, he was just criticizing the whole Trump movement as like, oh, he was just calling out like, oh, Steve Bannon and all those guys, they're grifters and they're just stealing everybody's money and this, that and the other thing. And he was talking about the Steve Bannon, Brian Colfage, uh incident where Brian Colfage and Steve Bannon got indicted for supposedly stealing supporters money that they were going to use to build a section of the wall. And Bannon Bannon has explained on a show before what is what happened. And so you can only take it with a grain of salt, right? Until all this stuff kind of flushes out in court. Um, but what I the reason why I sent it was because I thought it was interesting in the fact that this guy was is dead set against the Wuhan lab theory. And he's he's he was arguing that it's a CCP propaganda line and that that we have to be careful because the Chinese communists now are going to run with the fact that if Fauci was funding the NIH in China, they're going to turn it into like, it's an American virus when he's arguing that no matter what it came from China, his arguments are more about the coming from the markets. And I know I've, I've, I'm, I'm kind of repeating our, myself, but that's why I sent the article. I thought that that piece was significant. I thought it was too much into the, into the detail. Now I'm into that real detail the political machinations of you know uh the, the grifters and things like that i'm not really sure if you guys want to talk about that stuff per se and uh, it's like into the weeds a little bit of just kind of uh you know u.s politics and things like that i mean which i have no problem but that what jumped out at me was he he's of the position and he cites his sources and everything of that uh be careful with the wuhan lab theory so that's why i wanted to bring it to the table because i knew this stuff with fauci was going on and uh, wanted to talk about that. So go ahead, Neil. Was there something else or? No, I mean, I, I would like to say this from the outside looking in mm-hmm. for, the, for the uneducated, dumb American that whether whatever that comes off as just right wing. Bullshit. What his article? The first, thing, the first thing I yeah, I read the whole article. And I was just like, this is some right wing. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of his. That's so the that's, problem with it. Right. The truth to it. Sorry that's though, I, I wonder to be true to it. Maybe, maybe I do. I don't know. But I'm reading it, and I'm like, this is some fucking far right shit. Well, the fact that when he like blames Ashley Babbitt for getting shot at the Capitol, he's like, that's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, well, I again, I I sent it as a think piece, right, to just get. Yes, kinda... I know, but you, that's what I'm Gary, you must know that that's completely fucking ludicrous. Right, which is, but. You have, I mean, the one thing we try to do here is like at least entertain different ideas. I've tried to, I try ourselves. I, I just, yeah, because I think, you know, it's so easy I mean, to, for Christ's sake, even Neil just said that's a little bit much. Even me? So aren't you his right wing ally? I don't know. Oh, no, that's Todd. 
No, Todd's Todd's I'm the, Todd's my I'm the in-house liberal. Ally. No, you're the centrist or whatever. I don't even know. That thinks that I think the um, only thing we know for certain is I'm the right winger. I think I'm the left winger that thinks despite everyone, Trump did a good job. Despite himself, Trump did a good job. I'm a, I'm a liberal. I'm a left winger. Trump didn't do a bad job. What's that, Tom? No, I agree with all of that. <laughs> but I, yeah, so I mean, I, I the part of the article talks about how uh, he 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 uh, berates right-wingers who think that Ashley Babbitt shouldn't have been shot and killed because she violated an order, which there's no... I've never seen that proof on the video where the cop told her not to do it or to cease and desist. I just saw him pull the gun out and shoot. So... For God's sake. Well, I, I, again, I, 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 I liked articles like that, and I like articles like that because... Of course it, it, you like articles like that. But it draws a reaction. Right? That's the point, Gary. This sounds like the kind of shit that you would send me you know what i mean <laughs> that's the problem with these articles you know classic like, liberals used to be republican and now we're pushing them to the democratic side because i have a wonderful article for you the plo would like to talk to you about i don't know not bombing poor israeli girls any longer let's talk well i if you do, you, do you want to get it? So I, I'm sure the Palestinian-Israeli conflict is followed in a different light up in Canada. So we can definitely get into that. What is the? Is obviously down here the left and the right. The one thing they coalesce around is they're they're definitely pro-Israel. Um, no, and, we're not pro-Israel in Canada. Well, no, I I know. So I'm I'm that's why I'm I'm setting it up. I'm asking you what what is the what is the Canadian take right now with everything that is transpiring in the man on the street what's what's the opinion in in canada what's what's the news saying what's give us give us a scoop on the israeli yeah the current the current conflict not obviously back to 1948 i mean we don't need all that we know that uh i think the 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 average word is apartheid Really, you think the mood is really that pro-Palestinian? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I. I. mean, I. I am not a. Um, I, I. I believe Israel. I'm not pro Hamas. I'm not pro Hezbollah. Yeah, and I think. Um, I think that's really. I think that position is really starting to to come clear because at least in the United States, you get hit with an avalanche of anti-Semitism if you if you speak. Yes, I know. You say Israel should not be bombing, you know, people in Gaza. Well, I was going to say in a living war camp, but yes, let's call it Gaza. And you get accused of anti-Semitism. I mean, I I, I believe Israel. No, I, I, I mean, I, I believe Israel has a right to exist. I just don't agree that the United States should support Israel, um, especially in these matters. And I don't think the United States should be involved in in the Middle East, where it really does not concern the United States. And the idea of uh, and on last show, I talked about this at length. The the, the trope that Israel is the United States' greatest ally is a is a patented lie it's a it's a lie 
We are not allies with Israel. We never have been. And I don't think we should be. Um, now, if we want to give certain support to Israel, like we do to other countries, um, that should be debated within the halls of Congress. But I don't think this running uh, checkbook um, to go to Israel to, to fund their military and to fund the Israelis. Listen, there's there's plenty of Israelis in the world living abroad. That I just want to go ahead. Say I finally agree with you on Middle East politics. Well, you know what? You know, the problem was, Chris, and, and I'll admit this. I'll be the first one to admit, admit it. It took me uh, showing up there and getting shot at to understand the actual true implications yeah. of, of our shoddy foreign policy. And we, we actually had a guy um, uh, running for Congress come on here who was a 12 time who's deployed over 12 times uh, as a special oper a special operations. And we also agreed uh, now Israel may be a different thing, so I won't put words in his mouth, but we definitely agreed that we, the United States is engaged in a lot of endless and fruitless wars and, and I think part of that is decoupling ourselves from the whims of these, quote unquote, greatest ally countries. I just don't think that that's our business anymore. And the United States needs to focus on Americans. And see, oh, I agree 100 percent. And I okay. also want to let you know, the Canadian army follows you no matter what you do. You do this. Oh, we're doing this in Israel. We're doing that with Hamas. We follow you. And again, I 100% agree. And see, unfortunately, I disagree with Gary. So I probably disagree with both of you all. Stand with Israel. Don't care. Don't care what you guys say. You so, can, I mean, as an as a individual, you, Why? You're, yeah, go ahead. I told you before. I, I really, I do think it's the, um, you know, only democracy in the Middle East. I I'm a Christian, so there's there's that. Um, I I just can't do that. Now, if they commit war crimes, I, I mean, well, speak against that, but I'm never going to actually be really against them. But how how would you know when they're not even held to the same standard? Um, in, in respect, and what, what would you say Israel's doing if they're not committing war crimes? No, they have what's happening right now, I am uncomfortable with. Quite frankly, this is about has been the most uncomfortable. uncomfortable I've been. I think uh, right now. I think there's a difference between being uncomfortable with and acknowledging that a state is committing war crimes. I mean, I'm not a great supporter of the Palestinian people. Right, right. I would just say that if if I'm Israel, I wouldn't. There's, there's bombs right everywhere now. you go. But just listen. If you look at it, these people are literally locked in. They can't leave. They're in this little area. And Israel is dropping bombs on them. Yes. I, I, if I'm Israel, I that, wouldn't do that. That's a war crime. Like I said... I've been most uncomfortable with this. I can't really go any further than that, but you're right. You're right about that. I, I mean, the war crime. And I, I mean, I can be influential in the Canadian government and I will, and I will. But I, I am interested 
So you're saying the Canadian government just follows whatever the American government says? Whether it's Republicans or That's been that way. That's been that way for a very long time. Yeah, because, you know, we're just, ha, 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 we're little boys. What do we do? Follow the big man. I see what you did there, Todd. That was good, Todd. I see that. What did he do? He just 360'd it. He's saying that um, America is going along with Israel. Mm. Canada does whatever America does. See, so here's the thing. <laughs> because because I live in Seattle, I do have the ability to watch CBC. And I watch that just to see the other perspective from the American news. And I think it's very good to see both sides, see you know what's right, what's wrong. And yeah, they, they're more much more neutral. I'm not gonna say anti-Israel because I think that's kind of unfair, but they're very much more neutral. And, uh, you know, it's been interesting. But I think that uh, right now, as an American, the, uh, to me, the, the news is what the Americans' policy is. It, we're not really defending it. We're not really doing anything. But I think we're going to get in a war about it. And that, that's what I'm concerned about. I don't want that to happen. But we always seem to get into a Middle East conflict with every president besides Donald Trump. Well, Look, I was for whatever you want to say, good or bad, about him. You know, that's a great that's a great point, Todd. So let me let me tie let me tie that in. One of the things that I was a hundred percent supportive during the Trump presidency, and I think this he should have. Um, I know we're all going to tell Donald Trump what he should do. Right. Uh, like he wants to listen to anybody who is telling him what to do. But I thought one of Trump, one of one of Trump's best policies was his anti-war policy. And I thought one of his Amen. other Amen. One, of, one of his other best policies was getting the Arab countries and Israel to the table and to have these the Abraham Accords. OK. And now I don't know the the details i'm probably sure i'm 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 i i shouldn't say i'm sure i'm willing to guess that during the abraham accords when uae was signing with israel perhaps the united states was throwing money in there to sweeten the pot i'm i'm guessing i could be completely wrong i hope i'm wrong but the simple fact that donald trump re- recognized that israel's security is really dependent on their neighbors and not how much uh, fo- foreign funding we give them every year even though he was completely pro israel he moved the capital a lot of people were very critical of donald trump and his israeli stance because he moved the capital to jerusalem he seemed to support uh, all everything anything and everything netanyahu was doing but he was smart enough to realize that Israel's security can only be guaranteed regionally, which is why he pushed the Abraham Accords and the fact that we needed to leave Syria and these other countries. And I really think that it, we call it what you want. We'll call it the deep state. I think the deep state was dead set, dead set against that. I think Israel has their own version of the deep state that wants us engaged over there, wants us to be funding the money. I think you have some real hardcore Zionists who want to gobble up parts of Syria, who want to uh, keep in, uh, building their kibbutzes and, and settlements in the West Bank. Yeah, I, I know. I know it's it's Israeli land. I, I, I get it. Um, but 
but I just think not Israeli land. Well, I'm saying that's the argument they put across, right? I'm not saying whether or not I agree or disagree with it. I don't know enough about the whole whatever, but but I'm just saying that I do know it causes a lot of problems, and perhaps that's something that they want to talk about before they would go forward. But anyway, I just think that Donald Trump's policy was very key to stabilizing that area because you didn't have any of that conflict. And I think when Biden comes in, um, you have this this conflict begin because I think Hezbollah and those people, I think they're going to test Joe Biden's medal to see what he does, how he supports Israel. Um, when Trump dropped the rocket on Qasem Soleimani, um, that made it evidently clear to the Iranians that we, we weren't messing around. But he did that without having to go on TV all the time and say we're going to threaten war with Iran and sound like a complete idiot. Right. I mean, say what you want to say about Trump, but he he would he drops the missile on the guy and that kind of nips it in the bud. You don't really hear about any of that stuff. Now, is that the media's fault again for not because they didn't want to paint Trump in a in a good light because his foreign policy was very successful? I mean, I don't know that that's an argument, but I just think that when you look at his policy kind of tying into what Todd said, uh, I, I, Trump was very successful there. And to abandon that policy, uh, you can see immediately is extremely detrimental to the Biden administration. Yeah, you're a well, the, the Biden administration is no friend to Israel. Let me, let, let's put it this way. It may not be what you want, Gary, but it's not it's not going to be a friend to Israel, especially not what uh, Donald Trump administration was. So it's um, yeah, but you see, Tom- been hands off that I could see. Yeah, but, you know, they said much. that about the Obama administration, but Israel still got its money. You know, I mean, they still, you know, Obama was a pain in the butt. Like, I don't want Netanyahu reelected. Yeah, yada, yada, yada. But it doesn't matter who's the government in Israel either, because they're going to get their money from the United States. There's not going to be. I mean, that's the pro- that's what I would argue is the problem, right? There's never well, going to be a complete break. You know, the Biden administration might be more vocally uh, crit- critical of the Israeli government, but it's not like it's let, just. Go let ahead. me let me ask you as a conservative. Netanyahu, Netanyahu is basically a conservative in Israeli politics. No, he's not conservative, by the way. Well, well, do you want a less militaristic, less Israel protection candidate to win? I mean, that's up to Israel. Is that what you call a conservative? I, I, I mean. I'm yeah. trying to. Yeah, I have good Gary friends who are conservative. I'd let you know they're they're certainly nothing that you're describing at all. No, but he's. I mean, the his opponents are going to be much more. We can talk to the Palestinians. We can negotiate. Netanyahu has been like, no, this is our territory, and we're going to stick to it. Uh, before this conflict, this conflict, like I've, I've said, it's made me uncomfortable, which is about the best I'm ever going to say about it. But, but um, I, I think partly because he knows he doesn't have Donald Trump anymore at his side, so he kind of feels alone about things. But uh, chucking up missiles, right? Trump would send a missile over Did there. Bring up Trump. missiles. Probably so, but uh, 
I mean, because you know, are you saying that Netanyahu? How would you describe him? I would like to know. I would say he's much more a defender, a physical defender of Israel, and he's not going to want to negotiate as much as his opponents would. What do you say about that? You may disagree, but asking me, or are you asking our both friend of here? You, both of you, because yeah, I, I, I think both of you are questioning. So, sure. Do you want to take that one, or you want me to go? Me? Yeah, you. Either one. I don't care. Basically, uh, basically, I think Yahoo is he's lost in his ages. He needs to grow up. He needs to move on. What he did in the the 80s and the 70s it doesn't work anymore i i i think when you look at netanyahu and again i i only know i have a basic understanding from some of his domestic policy and basically his interactions with the united states on a foreign policy platform right i think netanyahu his his uh when he first came in he was a great coalition builder and intended to be parties on the right side of the political spectrum in Israel. But the, the, the politics in Israel domestically are very complex and very messy anyway. So it's, it's hard to say, but when he came in for Likud, he was very smart. He knew how to consolidate his voting block, right? Which is he allowed the Hasidim to build all of their um, settlements he, uh, he he knew if he did some saber rattling, it would get some people on his side and, and help strengthen his coalition. Until Likud wouldn't. Until Likud wouldn't. And then I think he also was, he, he had some, some bribery scandals and mm-hmm. he had some other, uh, of course, domestic issues, which is what happens when these guys are in power for a very long time. Uh, the skeletons start coming out of the closet. Um, and, and so I think politically he's, he's a very shrewd man. I, I, I think, um, I think it's taken it, it, there is a very, there's a very strange alliance of people right now to get rid of them. I'll tell you that that's for sure. The left coalition to get rid of them is there's definitely some oddball characters and I don't know how long it'll last, but they do, but they are united in one thing and that's getting rid of them. And the other thing I'd say is this, these really people. Uh, we're told are the, the it's a democratic society in the Middle East. OK, they go to the polls, they vote for their uh, people in power. Um, and if they want to change course, which is what I get told here in the United States, when people vote for different things, if people want to change course. Right. Then they change course. I, I would say that one of the most, I guess, another quote unquote conservative um, was uh, Yitzhak Rabin was the one who had the peace process with Yasser Arafat and who, and who assassinated Yitzhak Rabin. It wasn't a Palestinian. It was another Jew. Uh, and it was a more radical Jew who was against Yitzhak Gary. Rabin. What's that? Gary. What? That's enough. <laughs> well, I'm just talking about the history of the the peace process. Yes, I know exactly yes. what you're talking about. But just my my po- my point this is, is why is, I have to be Gary, Israel on just this podcast. Stop for a second. 
I, I don't know what I said wrong there. He was assassinated by another Jewish person. I don't understand. That's that's what happened. Yigal Amir. It's not um, you said. Just watch out. Okay. Um, so anyway, that being said, is my point is, is that even when you had conservative um, uh, Jews trying to bridge the gap and find a peace solution, that even their own people uh, were against it. And, and so... Um, sorry. No, I'm listening. Good for you. Um, so my, my point with that is that is, is that whether you're conservative or left-leaning in Israel, the choice is to find a candidate who's going to represent what you want at that time. And at that time in 94, uh, even though he was considered, he was like, he was like, uh, Yitzhak Rabin was like this famous general who had won a huge battle in 67 and stuff like that. So he was well-respected. He was a very smart military leader. Um, and uh, he, he uh, still, the Israeli people want, who wanted the two-state solution, that was the whole point, I think, of the Oslo Accords. Um, now they're going back to the single-state solution, which is the original, I guess, 48 solution. So, Gary, might I add that yes. we both said, I think it was last week or the week before, that no matter how you feel about him, you know, you can talk shit about any leader, but um, I, if he was my leader, I'd be, I'd feel safe. You know, I'd be, I, you want someone like that who cares about their people. Well, yeah, because Netanyahu's pro Israel. If, if we have really leaders, shit about, he really gives shit about. Yeah, I mean, he is pro Israeli, as he should be, because he's Israeli. I mean, that's what we'd love for our politicians in the right, United States. That. What a fucking yeah. novel idea. Yeah. So, anyway, um, I just think that the, again, as an American, I don't want to be involved with that state of the world unless we're drastically threatened by something happening over there. And if need be, we can always call Israel up and say, hey, here's the problem. But we don't need to be there just to be there. I just think that's foolish. That's all. Well, I agree with you. I just think the Biden administration, we're going to get into it somehow. <laughs> right. <laughs> I really do. So, you know, we're, we're, we're going to see, but, you know, I, I, American strength in the region without getting involved, such as Trump, was ideal. That's what I'm trying to say. And we don't have that now. So. Yeah, I agree. You know, so that's... That's what's going on. Uh, it appears we lost our guests. It so it's like the three of us guests. right now. So Very unexpectedly. Yes. So, all right. Well, moving on. Let's go. Uh, let's shift gears. Neil, what else you got? Oh, man. I already exhausted my COVID stuff for this week. <laughs> what do you want from me? I mean. The, the Nets I, won. The Nets are on to the second round of the. Uh, all right. No, yeah, uh, I have something. Um, Biden bringing up the 1921 uh, Tulsa massacre. It's trying to rip open a wound in the United States. I understand uh, trying to say the understanding of what happened, but... Um, well, what happened? That's the first question. First, yeah, that's okay. what I want to know. Let me... Let me uh, oh, here, here. It here we go. Happened. It here did we go. happen. I'm we're gonna get we're gonna get the public school textbook version. Okay, go ahead. Can we can we can we do a commercial break? Can I go get another beer? 
Sure. No, do it, Todd. Do it, Toddy. Do it. Sure. So, what it, it did happen? Uh, the, the about three hundred African American people died in one night in Tulsa. That's not That's true. true. Uh, That's not true at all. Okay. Let me, my point That's not was, fucking true my, at all. My, my point is not that. My point is. But that's not even true. My so you, how do you say that? Wait, no, 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 no. How do you no, know no, it's no, true? No, no. Were you there? Were you there? First of all, the okay. official okay. death toll was 26 blacks killed, 13 whites killed. That's the official death toll. Okay. That so was, that's that's what uh, I'm talking about. That's the propaganda. Oh, so you so you were there, Gary? That's the official were you, stats. Were you tolling deaths? Were you there with the fucking clipboard checking off? Oh, and were you for 300? Uh, no, but I what was it? The battle, the battle of fucking like Thermopylae. What? What I what I was trying to get to was Biden's speech this week, in which he um, that was he tried to open a wound that's not going to help America right now. That's what I was trying to get to. I was very <laughs> upset that he really he had an entire speech in Tulsa dedicated to that. And saying that white people are racist because of that, and don't forget that. And I'm like, what was the, doesn't uh, happen? But you, that was we have to get beyond what the history. You know, we have to get beyond what has happened in history. Yes, in history things have happened badly sometimes, but we have to get beyond that. And I would hope my 1965 Civil Rights Act, everything. We've gotten better as a society, but uh, Biden and most of the Democrats now, the woke left, won't acknowledge that. Now, Gary, you had another point. I'll let you make that. Well, no, it's just that first off, it's it's this is the problem with this is why I call you a, a liberal, because you just take a, 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 a generic talking point and you just run with over 300 over 300 people. It's like that. That's not true. The death toll was twenty six blacks were killed and thirteen whites. Um, that was the official stats taken after the the uh, destruction. And here's the other thing: if you put the total destruction of Tulsa into today's dollars, you still don't even come close to what Black Lives Matter did last summer in terms of total dollar destruction. So that that's that's the other thing. The, the, the with, thing it, that, with inflation. That's with inflation, with it inflated. So, yeah, the Tulsa race massacre or they so they're calling it a race. Massacre. First of all, here's that's the other thing. They've changed. They've changed the language. It used to be just called the Tulsa race riot. Now it's a massacre. It's just like the Boston massacre, right? It's propaganda. The Boston massacre, I think, what, a total of three people were killed in the Boston yeah, massacre. They, they were massacred, though. They were massacred. Yeah. And so again, that in that's... Boston. <laughs> um, by the way, the those troops were actually acquitted by, uh, with the lawyer being John Adams. Yeah, John Adams. Just being. So uh, they claim they. Correct. So the his the History Channel claims that it was up to three hundred people, and they they do this they do this um. They do this mind bending, like well, you know, a few people died after, and they're not sure how many uh, were killed and how many um, uh, let's just call it 300. 
Right. Let's just call it 300, right? It's it's what the historians want to call it, and they can't really tell you why or how, but it's 300. The official death toll was 10 whites and 20 or 10 yeah, 10 whites and 26 African Americans. Um and 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 the reality of the matter was is that a, a bunch of um uh I guess a black guy was accused of uh, groping a white woman in an elevator. And then a, a rumor spread through Tulsa that they were going to lynch this black guy who touched this white woman. But that's not what happened. The, the sheriff went and arrested him and brought him down to the jail and had him in a secure jail. Well, there was a bunch of whites gathering around the jail and the sheriff came out and was like, get lost. This is under control. Like, you don't need you don't need to be here. Like, I let due process happen, right? The blacks saw these whites around the, the jail uh, area complex or whatever, or city hall, and three times the amount of blacks show up armed, okay? And, a of course, a conflagration breaks out, and ten white people and three blacks are killed instantly in that fighting. Okay, so the first people to die were ten, 10 whites or two or two or three blacks. Okay, then, of course, the whites leave. They go get their weapons and they proceed to go back at the blacks and they kill 13 more um, or uh, 20, 21 more blacks until the riot is put down. Um, and so both sides clearly at fault. Both the whites and the blacks were in the wrong. Okay. Fault what you want to fault with the sheriff for not doing his responsibility and, and, and shutting that shit down. Okay. Um, but they turned this into a, a uh, to, to actually get to Todd's point. They're going to turn this into beating white people over the head who obviously I wasn't in Tulsa in 1921. So I have nothing to do with this. My family isn't from Oklahoma. We've got nothing to do with this, right? And they're going to turn it into beating white people up for something that they're not even telling the whole story about. And they want to push a certain narrative, right? And and it's bullshit and it's not right and it's not real because and here's the other thing. When something bad does happen, we need to have the honesty to at least say when something bad does happen. I'm not saying this is good either, so don't don't twist that. This is obviously very bad when people lose their life. But when they take it and they turn it into something else that it's not, that's when you run afoul. And I don't like that. And the fact that we have to do more investigation and historians are just as guilty in terms of pushing what they want that want people to believe. And they they cherry pick source material. They'll cherry pick other material. A lot of historians are even lazier than that. They'll just regurgitate what another historian said 50, 60 years ago. They won't even do the research. Okay, again, this is not any justification or any. So don't even get it twisted. It's not that at all. But it's having an honest conversation and we're not being honest. Okay, when we talk about this being a race massacre or something like that. Um, it was a riot. People lost their lives, which is horrible on both sides. Both sides clearly showed fault. 
And, uh, you know, they burnt, they burnt that section of Tulsa down, which is horrible. But the same people are not going to lecture us who allowed Black Lives Matter to burn down other cities across the United States for, um, you know, millions and millions of dollars of damage. They're not going to sit on the moral high ground and say that's okay uh, and this, this isn't or vice versa. Right. So that's, that's where I get, uh, I, I get extremely annoyed with, with, with this whole idea, because the first thing is we come out, well, historians think it's 300. Why 300? Why not 6,000, 8 million, 8 million piece, 6 million. Well, my point was having the president of the United States this week make a speech all about that, trying to reopen the wounds, not helping anything. It, it's not going to help anything to me it's just gonna uh, basically it's race baiting that's why I, I mean there's no other way to say it it's race baiting and uh, I, 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 that basically infuriated me it made me very upset this week yeah, made me I, very upset well that point I agree with the, the thing again my frustration with you is the is is just the just buying the the leftist narrative, because again, it's this doesn't even match the narrative of what Joe Biden was pushing, and then the the agreement with oh yeah over three hundred people. It's like they 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 don't know. So, I yeah I and I and I but I do see your point, uh, and I agree with you with the Joe Biden. Thing, but that's the that's the whole thing. He doesn't have a leg to stand on to govern. He has to create these divisions. Okay, they don't want people to heal. This is not about healing. This is you have certain militant people, black people in the Black Lives Matter movement and liberal whites who basically liberal whites are using, unfortunately, blacks in the Black Lives Matter. Well, I shouldn't say unfortunately, because I think some of them are willing dupes, but they're using some of the blacks in the Black Lives Matter movement to um, create the vision. And it's basically white liberals are using them as a cudgel against other whites. That's really what it comes down to. The whole the whole race thing is, is none of those people really care about black people. I mean, look at Patrice Colors. Patrice Colors is uh, goes out and just starts buying millions and millions of dollars worth of houses. OK, who criticized her? I think Eric Garner's uh, uh, Brianna Taylor's mom, Eric Garner's mom, a few of these. Uh, black people who feel aggrieved that their kids were killed by cops or what have you, whatever the circumstances are. Again, not trying to downplay anything, but the their those own people called out Patrice Colors as a fraud. So the reality of the matter is none of this stuff is really meant to heal. They don't want us to heal. They don't want healing. If healing would be the worst fucking possible thing um, for them. They want because, to divide. What's that? They want a divide. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and really, they want to they want our eyes off the ball, which is really the class thing. It's it's not about race and color. It's about the class thing. It's about um, the elites keeping what they have, which, again, is the liberal whites um, punishing middle class whites using ethnic um, uh, strife to to beat. Um, to beat the other, to beat 
the regular day-to-day blue-collar whites up for things that we have absolutely no control and we don't agree with. I, I think I always said, I think Neil's, I, I want to say Neil said it before. It's like, um, oh God, no, you, you made a good point about like, I think we were talking about slavery or something and you were just like, yeah, of, of course it's bad. All that shit's bad. I don't believe in any of that shit. And it was just so like, it's the fact that it had to be said and the fact that you, you were saying it and you were just kind of saying it in a disbelief that it even needed to be said um, is kind of like COVID. Well, yeah. I mean, kind of like you just questioning. It's like, well, yeah, of course slavery is bad. And it's like, yeah, of course I'm questioning why we have to do and, and and so yeah, I, I think I, I I just think that they to again to, to Todd to your point with the Biden thing that's that's how he's going to govern. That's how the left governs, though. That's that's the Obama playbook. Is that division? I mean, they have to stir the pot. I mean, Barack Obama in two thousand eight, that election was supposed to be it. That was supposed to be the end of history. To quote Francis Fukuyama, right? The United States had officially healed. The world was done. We elected a black man president. We now have a black or a half black or whatever she is woman as vice president. Yet we still can't win. You can't win unless you give your house to everybody, unless you give them every single nickel out of your pocket and you can't win. It doesn't matter. You use democratic institutions while well, there's systemic racism. You use it's like, well, these systemic racist institutions have been electing black people left and right and uh, Hispanic people yet they're racist and they're bad and it's all this other stuff. And again, it's just, it takes a simple minded person like a, like a Neil to just, <laughs> wait, <laughs> to why just, Neil? to just, <laughs> to just ask the question, like, wait a second, this doesn't seem right. Funnier. I did think that was funny earlier. If I yeah. Made. You know, yeah, I thought so. Quite frankly, I just listened to Biden's future speakers of the show. Uh, because you know, basic. I know basically anything he says, I'm going to disagree with. But I feel like I need to know what he's Todd, saying. Can I just Todd, to know what's going on? Todd, what is the? Uh, this is a legitimate question. This isn't a rhetorical. This isn't a trap. What is this shit about Biden being inappropriate with some woman while he was at the? Uh, he was at the uh, podium or whatever. He was like, yeah, he's. Speech. He's always had a problem. Uh, he's kind of the older I guy. I heard the new one. Kind of just, yeah, he's always had. Do you know what I'm talking about? Problems. Yes, yes. I heard that this new one was pretty bad. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's just another one of these. Now that he's president, it's even worse now. But, you know, quite frankly, everyone in his administration, the news media tries to keep it under wraps. But this keeps happening. It happened before he ran for president, while he was running for president, and now again as he was president. And he's an older guy. He's probably like just not even thinking, which is me. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's not good. He doesn't uh, not give him a pass though, and I'm not I'm not well. I'm not giving a pass. Like, I'm not giving him like a pass. He's, he's, no, I'm not, and I'm not saying you are. You're just you're just putting it all out there, right? Right. It could be this, could be that, could be the other. I'm just saying that it, that is a common thing that you just said. Like, this is, oh well, they're old. He's old. She's old. Like that doesn't. Well, what I'm saying is he shouldn't creepy. be president doing all this yeah, stuff. But you, you know, whether you're president or not, you know that you're talking into a microphone. Correct. You yes. know, and he, so he has no idea where he's at. 
Come on. I he's mean, got, I guess it's hard to argue when we're having this conversation. He's got no idea where he's at. He said two things inappropriate to one girl. And then before one of his other speeches, he walks up to two little girls and asks them about ice, getting ice cream. And see, he's a, he's a creepy. They're all creepy. Him, his son, um, Hunter Biden. Uh, what? Um, they're 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 creepy with the with the young girls and it's just they're 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 pedos man he's a he's a he's like a weird dude um that he'd stop his speech in the middle of the speech to call that young girl out it's just weird man I, just... thought, I thought it was a uh an old woman he was like telling an old woman she looked like a young like a... no he told a young girl she looked like she was 19 he was talking uh, to like a girl who was like eight I thought he was talking to a no uh, an old woman compliment to her for being like 19 or something. No, he was telling yeah, some right. little he was telling some little girl that she looked like she was 19 with her breath. Like she, like she looked like she was of age. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's terrible. Well, hey, he's the most popular president. The most votes ever, right? That's right. 81 million. Exactly. JFK would have exactly. said that, too. Now that we got back to American uh, talk, you know, um, I miss our Canadian friend. But uh, yeah, I just think that uh, the Democrats are not going to have much to run on after COVID. And COVID's basically done in the United States. I'm going to call it right now because I see these sporting events with thousands of people. Um, I, yeah, Neil, I know are... you're not a Knicks fan, but there were 15,000 people at MSG. And the numbers aren't changing. They've been doing this for like a month or so. Exactly. And they just I mean, the vaccine all the credit. But anyway, go ahead. We've, I think we've gotten over the hump with that. We basically, it's basically done. Um, but uh, they're, they're going to try to play it out as far as they can. But the Democrats don't have anything to run on. We've got higher inflation. We've got higher gas prices. Everything's going bad, but somehow they're going to say COVID. So, yeah, that's my two cents. Well, no, I, I think what they're going to bank on is they think that this six point something trillion dollar bill that they're going to try to juice. They're going to try to juice the economy real quick before the elections, even though in check. So supposedly they're going to be talking about doing stuff like that again. They're going to send more money right. out. You know, it's they want. Right. I'll vote for them. <laughs> Let's talk about the fact no one wants to go to work. Yeah. How about that's that? Right. Yeah, that's that's um. Yeah. Businesses want people to come to work, and we can't get people to work. You hear on the mainstream radio all day the, all these crazy incentives that just come. We'll train. We'll pay you. We'll train you. Like. You never heard that shit when we were growing up. You'd have to. Uh, no, it's exactly right. I work for five hundred five an hour. Exactly. It's What's just right now. If you want to change jobs to get a pay, better paying job, it's a great time to do it. Yeah. yeah. So you know, it's just. Um, how, now, how but, do we end this? Do they just they slowly pull the plug out, or I mean? Well, it's just these government programs, these unemployment checks you get. You know, they extended the federal unemployment. And uh, as long as they've got more money uh, not going to work, 
than the, what they would right. going to work. Yeah, but how, how, so how are they going to stop that is what I'm saying. You can't, you're, you're not saying that they don't plan on stopping it. I don't think they will. They, they should, but this administration will not. They're just going to pay them for the next four years? They're going to, they, how could they? Well, for the next two. I, I, well, at least until after the election of 2022. Let's, let's put it that way. Um, they're not going to do anything uh, until then. Because it's all politics, and we all know that. And um, inflation's going up because they're pumping $6.2 trillion into the economy when we don't need it. But, uh, yeah, they're just hoping that no one cares about uh, inflation, and they're okay not working. Garrett, what's your thoughts? Well, I just don't, I don't, whether they care about inflation or not, it's like, what's that famous saying? It's like, you may not care about something, but it cares about you, right? Um, the, the, the fact that, uh, uh, gas will be going through the roof. I mean, um, Neil, Neil's in the trades. I'm sure he's seen the price of material skyrocket. There was a meme earlier on Twitter, um, where a guy showed, this time last year, what a thousand dollars would get you in terms of lumber. And he had like a whole thing stacked of, uh, of plywood and two buys. And then he showed what a thousand dollars will get you to today. Um, and it was like, you know, five or six pieces of plywood and blame Canada. What do you blame in Canada for? That's where all that shit comes from. They're the ones that are short. They're quadrupling the prices. Yeah, well, again, that's you know the the thing that Bi- the Biden administration and I'm not saying gas lumber- hasn't gas hasn't gone up so much that it's you know quadrupled the price of gas to ship this shit, ship the these things. Well, they, you know what? They're, they're hyperinflating it. They are supply and demand. Yeah, I, I, no, and I understand that. I think there's been uh, a lot of supply chain challenges, but I also think that. Um, the previous administration was moving to at least bring not necessarily lumber, but trying to bring a lot of stuff back to the mainland, I think with our oil production canceling, I think the first bell that was wrong was when uh, Biden canceled the pipeline, the Keystone pipeline. But right now gas is $3 a gallon and a a two by four that was $2 is now almost 10. I mean, you can't compare the two. You know, and price increase wise, it's just let's go, and it's all from Canada. It all is. I wish your boy oh. didn't uh, didn't uh, lose connection. And I didn't see the news much today, but I saw some snippet that we canceled either Arctic drilling or Alaskan drilling today. It was one of the two. We canceled some kind of drilling up north, and that's not good at all. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, this administration's doing everything wrong economically. They're trying to make it bad. I mean, it's just, they know what works and they want to do the opposite of what works. That's all I can say. If they would, literally, if they think they could do critical race theory, they could do all their democratic stuff, but just leave the economic uh, Trump stuff alone, and they would have, uh, you know, they would have gotten the riches of what was going on. But no, they had to ruin. Uh, you, they had to change everything. 
So apparently uh, Canadian lumber was trending down, but now they just doubled the uh, softwood lumber. They doubled the tariff on Canadian softwood lumber to 18.32%. I'm not lying here, Gear Bear. No, I, 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 I'm just, I'm, I'm going to, I'm searching. No, you, no, you decided you're going to look up my, my, uh, my facts. No, no I, I'm, I'm it, interested. I'm, I'm interested. I, no, I I'm, being, I'm only, I'm being as argumentative as possible. If you, I looked at it like this, it gas around here in normal time, Trump time was, um, two high twos, two, 260, 270, right? Just, but hovered around two, let's just say two and a half dollars a gallon. Whereas a two by four was about, Two and a half, three dollars. Now they're ten dollars, and gas is still right around three dollars. So if it was the other way around, if we were paying ten dollars a gallon for gas, it would be fucking you know people would be marching with stakes and fucking you know torches. Well, here here's so, the other here's the other thing too is that Canada probably has their own home building industry, right? And if they've been locked yeah, down, they just they can do whatever they want. They own it. They're showing you that they own us, you know, building building material wise, right? But I'm just saying, like, they're, they're, they're probably, if they're coming out of lockdowns and guys are starting to work, they're probably building their own, right, first crack. I mean, how much of that shit is really manpower? I mean, the machines make it and put it on trucks and people drive them out. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't know how. I don't know. I think it's mostly, you know, but building. So people, when COVID hit, right, people started improving on their houses. Instead of traveling, instead of doing this and that, they would improve on their homes and this huge mega construction boom began and a year plus into that right as things are lightening up our main supplier of building material is uh has tripled their prices yeah maybe that's another coincidence i don't know and it won't last forever because it'll be like the gas hikes in the mid-2000s late 2000s when you know they just the oil companies just kind of charged as much as they could and found their point in diminishing returns and went back down to normal. That's really what happened. And that's, I think that's what's happening here. Yeah. And it's interesting because at the time people were like, not, they were missing the point. Those high gas prices were actually, uh, that was a small boom time for Russia. Cause basically Russia was making all their money at $120 a barrel. But once it went below, uh, what was it like 60, the Russians were spending more money to, to, to pump it and, and can it. Then, uh, then it was, uh, then they were making any money. So, all interesting facts. Yeah. I, I think, um, I think, I think though, the inflation with the printing of the money, though, will happen regardless. I think a lot of the things we're seeing, again, I, Neil, that's a good point, are probably pent up demand supply chain issues um because we're fine go ahead I, well i don't think there are any real issues with with that this day and age i think it's all those are manufactured issues well i, I you know i did see an article today too saying that they they've had the lowest glut of hiring truck drivers but that goes to todd's original point right which is the, the highways are fucking packed man you yeah been, not, with, you not with lately? with 18 years well around here it is around here Anyway, get get. I I think I was gonna say I think traffic is just starting to get back to normal out here. So it's a fucking nightmare. It always has been. Um, but I, I I think yeah, some of that stuff is 
ties into it, but the simple fact that we're just printing money at this point, it, it, there's going to be inflationary pressure. So hopefully when we get Ed on, uh, not this weekend, the following weekend, we will, uh, we will get into some of that maybe on the, on the global supply chain to see what he sees from the uh, financial perspective. Cause I'd, I'd be curious to see that. Um, but I, I Barry, like, go ahead. Yeah, finish your, I'm sorry. Finish your no, I, I like your, I want to hear, I, I would, I like your perspective as well from the commodity standpoint, one being that you used to do some commodity stuff. And the other point of like you working with the material every day, I think that's, you have got some, some keen insights, right? Cause we get same thing that I yell at Todd, about you know i i will admit i probably fall into the trap sometimes you get just pump the information without actually getting the the skinny on the ground and that's where yeah no I, but i mean you worked in the uh you were a hammer swinger at one point in your life weren't you yeah you know what it's like yeah it. i i guess i just never really paid attention to the fluctuations right because the job was the job I wasn't really you weren't in it that long. You were in yeah, it and I wasn't sourcing material, right? I mean, so what the heck would I know? Um, <laughs> see, and the one thing you can't tell and say that I'm a liberal on is I'm a Reagan conservative. So when, when, whatever that means, when, when the you like amnesties, when the when the economics are being impacted, I'm like. Go back to Reagan economics. It works. Trump economics. It works. I know that there's tariffs involved. Fine. I, I actually agree more with Trump on the tariff thing, but but still deregulation, all of that, it works. And when you go away from that, then you're going to get inflation, bad economic uh, uh, situations, stimulation from the inflation. Uh, stimulation when it doesn't need to be from the federal government all that is bad well this is a power grab and the democrats are going to do it while they're clinging on to power because they have a couple seats in the senate right and they've got uh, a couple seats in the house right now and, and good for them because the republicans would never have the balls to do something like this that's the problem can't even get them to do the right thing when they have full power all the time. When 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 Donald Trump ran on, I'm going to repeal Obamacare, and he shows up to a full Senate and a full House, and they still won't repeal it. They still don't have the they don't have the guts. I mean, they don't even have the guts to listen to their own people. How do you fix that, Gary? What's that? Well, I think again. Uh, and Todd, I know Todd gets upset when I'm critical of Trump. The more and more I think about it, I just think that Trump was just didn't understand. I think Trump just took a lot of bad advice because he just. Well, well hang on now, but that, but, <laughs> but that doesn't Trump is. You're calling Republicans weak, right? Yes. So how, that's not Trump's fault. No, but I, 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 I was talking about in that. Partic- I thought you were talking about that particular. How do you fix that? Well, I said, how do you fix that? How do you fix that in the Republican Party? How do you get them to be as you know unified as the uh, as the left? You have to break the um. You have to break the the corporate cash flow. I mean, really, that's it. Because the reason why um, 
the Republicans, they, they, what they do, they, they got rid of some of the stuff of Obamacare, right? And they never, it was repeal and replace. So it was repeal and replace. But when Trump showed up and said, okay, go ahead, repeal it. They were like, well, what do you want us to replace it with? He, I mean, to his response was like, wait, you assholes have been talking about repeal and replace for since the, the second term of Barack Obama. And you guys don't have anything. And it was like the Republicans were like, because no, because our corporate donors decided that they actually liked um, Obamacare because the insurance companies wrote the damn thing and they were making money. And so the Republicans were only bitching about it because it was good to the dupes, to the to the idiots out there who were me and you that were getting soaked Um well, that's what I would say as a Trump guy. Quite frankly, the Republicans had their chance under Obama. They, they've been they've been saying they wanted to re- replace Obamacare for years since it was enacted in the middle of the night. By the way, you can keep your plan. You can keep your doctor. Blah blah blah. That that was a lie. But still, they they were they were trying to. Uh, they were they were running against uh, Obamacare, but they really didn't have a plan to replace it. So, quite frankly, this is what I'm. I've always said: once you have a federal, once you have a government program, it's very hard to scale back because once the public gets used to it, they don't want to get rid of it. They they like the. Uh, the handout, they like the. Uh, um, I like it. Uh, what's it called? The uh, um, bailout kind of. I, I, there's another term for Stim- it. Stimulus, Todd. It's yeah, stimulus, yeah. They, they, I mean, it's wonderful. Do you, do you not like twelve hundred dollars coming into your bank account from the federal government? Pull her on a <laughs> yes, budget, but as a conservative, no. Well, ball her no. on a government budget. So I think, Neil, your point of of how do you change that is you got to run candidates like like Joe Kent. Um, you got to run uh, people who are going to fundamentally change your party and you got to get involved. That goes back and I won't go into my whole diatribe um, of like what that involvement l- means. But I, I think that that's that's where you got to do it. You got to you got to break the donor, the donors. Um, that control um, the Rhino Republicans. I mean, you look at Kevin McCarthy and the Lynch, the Liz Cheney's. Um, their home address is Washington D.C. It's not where they're. It's not California. It's not Wyoming. It's it's Washington D.C. And that's the problem. Um, and the Republicans are lo- they're losers by nature. Um, because I think there are more ideas in the Republican Party, and it's hard to keep all those ideas together. Uh, we don't have a, a you know, the, the uniform unifying force is not progression, which is what the Democrats are. Right. So everything is always done in the name of progress. Right. Change to change. OK, um, I know you guys don't like it, but using the social um the social aspect of the democratic party is perfectly understood through gay marriage. 
right? Because it started off as you have to tolerate us, tolerate us, tolerate us. Now you have to marry us. Now you have to bake a cake for us. Now we want to give uh, kids under the age of 13 puberty blockers without parents knowing. And it's always in the name of progression. And that's how the Demo- that's how the Democrats keep their train always steaming. Yeah, you get some people over here talking about some different stuff than people over here. But that's why the train just goes full steam ahead, because it's about being progressive. I uh, would it- simplify it even more. Just the Democrats, you know, they all they want to do is government, government, government. And we don't have that as a Republican Party, as a conservative. We don't have the same singularity answer to everything. Well, I would even say I would disagree with you in the sense that it's government, 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 because it's more nefarious than that. If they just stopped when they gain control of the government, that would be one thing. But they don't. It's 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 about power, really. And progress. They want to grow the government for power. And and that's and that's liberalism. Um, in a nutshell, and I, again, I, I keep harping on George Grant, but George Grant writes about it in Technology and Empire. It's technology for technology's sake. It's always advancing, and it's it's to bring a homogene a homogenous idea, which is this liberalism, which is a post Christian secularized morality, which is all that critical race theory, all that stuff is their own religion. That's what they're, they're, they're substituting the old religion for the new religion. And then that's how they govern. They have their high priests, they have their leaders and it begin. And that's how you get to the end state of tyranny. Now they'll use all democratic institutions. I mean, that's what the Athenians used to use. They used to have democracies and then they'd have tyrants and then they couldn't get rid of the tyrants. Um, and, and, and that's how the, the Dems roll the, the Republicans, a lot of them are just good with the table scraps, you know, and that's, that's part of it. And a lot of them are, they put the head in the sand and they're like, it'll never happen to me. And then when they get power, they don't know how to use it because they've been spending so much time talking about how they're going to limit it. But when you get, when you show up to DC, you realize there, you can't limit a bureaucracy because the game. The game is already rigged against you. So what they need to do then is change tactics, Neil. And when the conservatives or Republicans get in is use the power, right, to protect. And to Pedro Gonzalez writes about this all the time. He's at AM Greatness. He's at Chronicles. I definitely check him out. Pedro Gonzalez talks about this all the time. I've talked to him before about him on the show before. And when you get into power, you protect your people, right? So what's the big criticism about Trump and this January 6th bullshit, right? He's letting all of his supporters hang out to dry. You got this guy who's going to get 20 years for trespassing. Where's Trump? Trump should be out there every day trying to save these people. They showed up to D.C. for him. And where is he? Nowhere. So this idea that Trump is a great man and a great leader is kind of bunk. You know, where is this guy? He's letting his followers. Meanwhile, BLM, I talked about BLM this summer. Antifa, Antifa tries to set a Portland federal courthouse on fire all the time. And those people get released after a night in jail. And Trump supporters are in solitary confinement. And where's Donald Trump? Nowhere. Do you see even Donald? And I'm not saying Donald Trump has to pay to bail every single one of these people out. You certainly don't see him leading a charge 
about, you know, making a lot of noise about how this is unfair or how these people. What does that tell you? Well, it tells me that he's that he glommed on to some ideas. He actually did the one thing that politicians don't do, which is he actually used blunt talk and he got himself elected. But he's not he's not the superhero. Everybody thinks he is. He's not the super leader leader. This idea that Trump is the Republican Party. Both of them are can can get the hell out of here. The uh, the idea of the Republican Party is really American first patriots um, who are, are, are the ones who put it on the line. It's the people who walked into the Capitol that Trump abandoned that put it on the line. They showed up for him that day and for him not to do shit. What? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Did he want did I don't that's that's saying that they like charged the, you know, the gates for him. Yeah, I'm not taught. Listen, well, but that's what I'm not taught. I'm talking about guys who wandered into the Capitol after the guard. They watched the right, guards. Right, right. I'm, but you know what I'm saying, too. Yeah, but you know what? Those are his supporters. And for him to just throw those people under the bus. <laughs> it's a lot of support. The Democrats, Kamala Harris started a fund to bail out Black Lives Matter and Antifa people that were getting arrested. She was directing people. Like I said, he doesn't have to reach into his own pocket, but he, well, he couldn't start something like that for his followers. I mean, that, that you asked what the difference was. There's a difference right there. Okay. Well, I'm just saying what? Well, it's going to be very interesting to see because if we get another candidate besides Trump, that doesn't have the package like a DeSantis, see if he actually uh, follows through with the policies of Trump because those were the if, if I I agree Donald Trump captured some of those policies right articulated them very well right laughed at Hillary Clinton's face okay which also helps she's extremely unlikable um unelectable unelectable I, I agree with you Todd Trump captured some of those ideas but I don't necessarily, as time goes on here, I, they always say Trump is the, the the number one man in the movement. It's like you got to help some of these. Like the guy I just mentioned about getting arrested for trespass. I mean, nobody gets 20 years for trespassing, dude. Nobody. You want to give him three years? You want to give him two years? You want to give him a $10,000 fine? I get it. But that just ties into the narrative that the January 6th was like an insurrection, which it wasn't. It's complete nonsense. It's a great the word, though great word the only person the only people who got injured hurt and killed that day were trump supporters okay yeah but that that doesn't mean that he's on the hook for that i didn't say he's on the hook i'm saying saying before no i'm saying that as a leader on the leader of the movement right if come on the hook for it if kamala harris can set up or direct people to these bits Trump can do the same thing. I didn't say he has to take ownership and responsibility. Kamal Harris doesn't take ownership and responsibility of Black Lives Matter and Antifa, but she certainly knows that those are her peeps. Okay. I mean, that, that, that is true. That, that there is, you know, she does do that. I won't disagree. Uh, anything else, guys? She's, a, she's royalty now, Gary. I know. He's the vice president of the free world. How fucking dare you? Or no. All right. 
No, I think that's good. I'm sorry that the Knicks were eliminated from the playoffs. Oh, who cares? It's NBA. I'm glad the Seattle Kraken got the number two seat pick. Even um, how are they the brand new franchise team and they don't even get the first first pick? That doesn't who even cares? make any sense because they were in the lottery. I I thought they were gonna get the number one pick. But that's so who stupid. Fucking cares about that? Come on, yeah. nobody cares about that. I, <laughs> exactly. I also, I also I agree. Care. Gary, did you? <laughs> Gary, did you watch any of the Knicks playoff? No. Come on. Really? I didn't. Makes me sad. I did. Yo, Chris was wa- rocking the old the old Knicks, the eighties Knicks hat with the uh, what do they call it when it's open? Like, what's it called when it's open in the back and and uh, just solid in the front? I know it. It's a trucker hat. Yeah, yeah. There's a name for it, mesh hat or something like that. But but. Everybody was very excited around here for the Knicks, Gary. This was a big deal. So, are the Nets fan, not Gary. New York's team, Neil? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Are the Nets not New York's team? Be honest. I see. I we're split around here. Growing up, if you're into the NBA, we're split. But um, Gary and our one, our good friend Chris, were diehard Knicks fans. Whereas me and Another, we, we, we're all uh, Knicks and Nets fans. Nick, the Knicks are the only New York team, professional team, that I fucking hate. I hate them. I hate the Knicks. I like the Mets a lot. I root for the Rangers when um, they're in the playoffs. And I, uh, I loved Eli Manning, and I loved watching those Giants, all, even when they were good, when they were bad. But I fucking hate the Knicks. And Gary is a... I don't care what he says. He's a big Knicks fan. Well, my dad was a big Knicks fan, so I was a big Knicks fan. So, yeah. And you didn't watch any of it. And your brother is too, right? He might be a Knicks fan. I, you know what? That's a good question. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. No, I don't. I, honestly, I, I don't know if that was his his team. I, I know growing up, my brother was more of like a player guy. He liked particular players. So, yeah. He was a huge, like huge Rasheed Wallace fan. Really? Oh uh, yeah. Well, my brother's a big, so I know I like for Sheed. sure. Who doesn't I, like Sheed? I know for sure. Yo, ball don't lie. Um, <laughs> he, uh, dude, go on YouTube, Google uh, or YouTube Rasheed Wallace ball don't lie, dude. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, I will tell you, my brother is a big Tar Heels fan. So he used to like, so he'd follow Vince Carter and he'd follow. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because you're, you're a Duke. Uh, the worst. That's worse than saying Boston. Oh, really. UNC is way better than Duke. Duke's a, Duke's a bunch of prep boys. Are you out of your fucking mind? Oh, I uh, tar- better than, than Duke. Historically? Oh, yeah. You're, dude. Yeah. I've said this before. I, saw- I don't even care if they're not. They still yeah. are. Yeah, you sound ridiculous. I don't care. I saw the University of Washington far play. Right, no Duke. fact, Republican motherfucker. <laughs> I saw sorry, the Todd, University sorry, of Washington go ahead, Todd. Go ahead, Todd. play Duke at MSG. I should have invited you. I should have known you. Yeah, yeah, I should yeah. have done it up. Yeah. But yeah. That, what was that shot? Was against, um, who was it against? It wasn't Kentucky. It was the second, Christian Leitner. The, it was against no, Kentucky. Kentucky. Yep. Yeah, but then he did it again the next year. And he did oh, I don't again. know that one. He did it again. Again, not that not like 
was that to win the, the championship or was that to get to the final four? No, that was to advance. Right. Uh, so, yeah. And I saw that the next year earlier in the rounds, um, I watched him do that in the Meadowlands and I, it was nerve wracking for me as a 12 year old kid. Literally I couldn't watch. I like watch like this, but uh, not that anyone listening can see that, but um, huge Duke fan. And, UNC sucks. Michael Jordan, I guess. Duke Duke has the same amount of titles as UNC does. No. They got five. Right, Todd. They've yeah. got five. 91, you 92, know, two. Coach Shashevsky might has many might have as many as USC. But I don't think so, man. That, that, I, I think I think it's it time. Coach K is retiring. I'm looking at I'm looking at it right now. 91, 92, 2000. And I'm going to edit this part of the show because no, boring. don't edit it. Fuck you. What? Not, 91, really? 92, 2001, 2010, and 2015. So that's five. And UNC has five, which is. No, they've got six. So UNC has more titles, I actually. There's no way that's correct that they have more than. Coach 1957, K. 82, 93, 05, 09, and 2017. So they have. Ha. Tied, so they're tied with Coach K since since 1950 something. They're tied with Coach K. All right, that's like saying the Rangers have my, more titles than anybody. They've been around since the fucking 20s. So what? That's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. All right, edited this out because this is ridiculous. Okay, guys, I think oh, we're wrapping up. <laughs> Neil, Neil, what were you talking about? Re- Republican facts and this, that, and the other thing. Dude, they you're talking about a, a school that's been around for a hundred years versus one the mod the current coach. So what? So he's won a bunch of titles. So what? All right. So who's going to be the head coach now he's retired? Now the assistant coach. Quinn Snyder? No. Yeah. He's from Mercer Island, by the way. And he's I'll have great. you know that Duke Duke, Duke played five seasons before UNC even put a team together. So how about that? So Duke's played Duke's played more basketball than UNC. He hasn't been around since 1958. I did not know that. Duke's okay. been Duke. Duke's had a men's basketball team since 1905. North Carolina's had a men's basketball team since 1911. Was Duke? I don't think then. I don't think Duke was in North Carolina in that then. What? Did they move to North Carolina in this in the 60s, 70s? Duke University moved to North Carolina in the 70s or 60s. I thought, I'm, a, I'm asking. I don't know. Definitely edit this out now. Did, did Duke would Duke wanted to be in New Jersey? what I read years ago is that Duke wanted to be in New Jersey. They didn't get the tax break that, um, that they felt they deserved. And they ended up in North Carolina. No, and they've I always, was, I, thought, I thought that was in like the sixties. No, they, they were, they've been in Durham since 1892. Okay. Well, what I said might still be true. It just was, I was off by, you know, 50 years. They were founded in Trinity, uh, North Carolina in 1838. Yeah, <laughs> then I'm way off. Way off. Way off. What can I say? And okay. it was it wasn't originally named Duke. I mean that's true. Maybe it was UNC then. Is there maybe it was NC State? I read that about a college in North Carolina. I thought I did. No, and UNC. I dreamt it. 
you went yeah, yeah that sounds more like it University of North Carolina has been around since 1789. Yeah, it wasn't them. Maybe it was Coach V. Maybe it was Coach V. So it's the flagship university. It's one of the oldest public universities in the United States. Anyway, uh, that's where one of the Fauci villains came from because we were doing some funding of the virus stuff was at uh, North Carolina. So you can hate on North Carolina. I'm a Duke fan. Jersey City, Bobby Hurley. I'm a Duke fan. Well, guys, um, great episode tonight. Apparently, you know, we'll we'll get together again on Sunday, and uh, yeah, I think uh, it's a good uh, good show. All right. With that being said, uh, this is where. Thanks for listening to Review the News, where we make the news make sense to you. Uh, you can find us at Review News 1000 um, on Twitter. You can find us on Patreon, Review News 1000 on Patreon. We're on Anchor.fm, Facebook, Gab, everywhere uh, on social media. Just uh, put us in the old search bar and you'll find us. So thank you.